This program is brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U at Stanford University. Please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu. Stellar leadership 
of our two vice provosts for undergraduate education, Ramon Saldivar and John Rodman. And of course, most importantly, including the hundreds of faculty colleagues who participated in these new undergraduate programs. Without you, we could not have achieved this transformation. I thank you all. Last year at this meeting, I announced the university's intention within five years to eliminate financial contributions for families of students with lower incomes. From its earliest days, Stanford has been committed to assuring access to the best students, irrespective of their family's financial circumstances. Thanks to increased student aid support from the campaign and the ongoing success and growth of annual giving through the Stanford Fund, we have been able to accelerate our ability to meet this goal. Effective this next academic year, we will no longer ask families with an annual income of less than $45,000 to contribute to tuition costs. And we will reduce the contributions of middle-income families by approximately 50%. Over 1,000 students, new this fall and continuing students at the undergraduate level, will benefit from this policy. In addition to the successful conclusion of Q and progress on a number of multidisciplinary initiatives, which I will discuss shortly, this past year we've also been able to attract donations to some of our highest priorities, from endowment to new capital facilities. In December, the Graduate School of Business received the single largest gift in the school's history, $30 million from Ann and Robert Bass. This, this gift will create matching funds and challenge grants for both endowment and annual giving. It will also fund an exciting new series, the Bass Seminars, in which students will have an, op an active role gaining hands-on experience in team-based projects. A number of these seminars, such as the, one of the most exciting ones, Entrepreneurial, Entrepreneurial Design for Extreme Affordability, will be multidisciplinary, bringing together students not just in the business school, but engineering and other parts of the university. We also made significant progress in attracting gifts for our eight building, science, engineering, and medicine campus, for which we now have pledges totaling over $140 million. The success of our enhancements to undergraduate studies and the changing needs of graduate students prompted us to look more closely at the graduate experience at Stanford. In September of 2004, I established the Commission on Graduate Education, co-chaired by Charles Holloway, Professor Emeritus in the Graduate School of Business, and Mark Horowitz, Professor of Electrical Engineering. In January, the Commission delivered its report. Since then, as Eric mentioned, it is also reported to the Senate and a number of bodies across campus. Among its proposals were recommendations to one, increase the number of cross-disciplinary and collaborative opportunities for students and faculty. Two, to enhance our diversity efforts at the graduate level. Three, to develop a leadership curriculum that will complement our incredible strength in discipline-based graduate studies. And fourth, to create the position that Eric mentioned, the Vice Provost for Graduate Education, to represent the needs of graduate students broadly across the university. Recently, we announced a search together with the, the position of Vice Provost of Graduate Education. We hope to find a distinguished individual who will lead these programs and help us develop new ideas and new directions in graduate education, just as we managed to do in undergraduate education. In the interim, 
we will pilot a series of programs that test out different ideas, paralleling what we did with undergraduate education more than a decade ago. As most of you know, much of our recent focus has been on new collaborative interdisciplinary programs. These began several years ago with BioX. The BioX Interdisciplinary Initiative Program, a venture fund for new multidisciplinary faculty collaborations, and a key part of our BioX vision from the beginning, has been a tremendous success. Last summer, BioX held an interdisciplinary research symposium fe featuring Stanford researchers from seven departments across campus who were involved in projects funded by this program. Several of these projects have already produced results and received funding from major external sources. From the beginning, we also viewed BioX as an incubator for new multidisciplinary activities in biosciences and bioengineering. And perhaps no incubation has, incubation has ever been more successful than that of our new bioengineering department, which in just a few short years has already built a stellar track record of bringing in great faculty and great graduate students. This fall, the International Initiative received $50 million from alumni Brad Freeman and Ron Spolyi. In recognition of the support, the Institute was renamed the Freeman Spolyi Institute for International Studies at Stanford. In February, the Institute awarded its first eight grants for collaborative research on international issues based on the model we pilot in BioX. The newly funded proposals include such topics as feeding the world in the 21st century, combating HIV AIDS in South Africa, and ecological sanitation in rural Haiti. Last month, our new Institute for the Environment received a $30 million commitment from Stanford University trustee Ward Woods and his wife Priscilla to support innovative programs and collaborative research on critical environmental challenges. In recognition of their generosity, the Institute has been renamed the Ward W. and Priscilla B. Woods Institute for Environment at Stanford. The Institute has just launched a new search that involves collaboration between the Institute and various departments to bring to Stanford new scholars who will focus on key areas in environmental research and strengthen our ability to make important contributions. This has also been a remarkable year for Stanford in automotive racing, <laughs> a claim I never thought I'd be making. <laughs> Last summer, the Stanford Solar Car Team raced 2,500 miles from Texas to Canada, achieving speeds of up to 65 miles an hour, and beat the UC Berkeley entry for our first win in the North American Solar Car Challenge. And this fall, Stanley, the Stanford Racing Team's robotic car, covered a 132-mile hazard-filled, and I mean hazard-filled, <laughs> largely unpaved course, and finished first the Dartmouth Grand Challenge. I should say, finished first after organizing the team less than 18 months earlier. The prize was $2 million, but equally importantly, bragging rights. Only five of the 23 entries, only five of them that actually qualified, were able to complete the difficult course. Although 
of our vehicles both placed first among the competition. Besting, of course, Berkeley cars in both cases. <laughs> the most important contributions from these efforts is the advancement of science and technology that could lead to the design of practical vehicles using renewable energy and one day help create autonomous vehicles that could eliminate automobile accidents. These are just a few of the notable achievements of the past year. And while we realize there is much work to be done, the progress has certainly been substantial. In the last few years, we've asked how Stanford's research and educational programs can contribute to addressing the great challenges of this century. In the same way, the university is beginning to look to the arts, not only as a key part of our cultural experience on campus, but also as an integral component of the university's educational mission. From the time of the university's founding, the arts and humanities have played a critical role in educating our students and in serving the public. In his very last letter to President David Starr Jordan, Leland Stanford wrote that famous quote, the imagination needs to be cultivated and developed to assure success in life. A man will never construct anything he cannot conceive. More than a century has passed since the writing of those words, but they continue to guide us. Artists have always responded to the issues of the day, integrated the latest thinking, and challenged our perceptions. The arts develop ways of thinking that can be non-linear and non-verbal. In addition to the role of the arts in fostering creative thinking, the arts give us a venue for dealing with the complexities and ambiguities of human existence, helping to build a bridge between diverse cultures and experiences. I've said before that the quantity and depth of our offerings in the arts are not up to the level of a great university like Stanford. But that is not the primary reason for us to seek to build stronger programs. The primary reason is what such programs can do to enhance the ability of our students to think creatively and contribute in novel ways. The arts can help us break out of traditional patterns of thinking and adopt fresh approaches to intellectual experiences. The arts offer an expanded tool set for learning and understanding, which can enhance creative thinking skills. But this will also require facilitating more cross-disciplinary collaboration between the arts and other fields. Of course, we begin with several strengths, including a demonstrated ability to bring cross-disciplinary collaboration to the arts, and an existing strong and exciting program creative arts. From the days of Maybridge's, Moybridge's famous photographic studies that blurred the lines between science and the arts, that gave learning both in the sciences to understanding animal behavior and in the arts as it helped develop the predecessor to motion pictures. We have been leaders in bringing together technology, science, and the arts. Our work in music synthesizers that led to a whole new form of musical composition many years ago is another wonderful example. Our existing programs in music from the St. Lawrence String Quartet 
to the Stanford Chorale and the Stanford Symphony have provided exceptional opportunities for exploring and creating new musical ventures. Tomorrow afternoon, for example, a special program involving the St. Lawrence and faculty from our law school entitled Originalism, Music, and the Constitution. Now there's a title you won't hear very often. <laughs> we'll explore the ways in which the Constitution is interpreted and make parallels to the issues of musical interpretation. Through Stegner Fellowships, the Lane Lecture Series, and the Stein and Moore Visiting Writers, and of course, our stellar faculty, the Creative Writing Program at Stanford attracts some of today's leading writers to the university. Since its reopening, the expanded Cantor Arts Center, with its permanent collections, as well as its outstanding temporary exhibits, has greatly enhanced opportunities for engagement with the visual arts. From the 2004 exhibit, Picasso de Thibault, to last year's exhibit of masks and headdresses from the Amazonian basin entitled Vanishing Worlds, to the current exhibit of 19th century American art of childhood entitled American ABC. Cantor has done much to enhance our understanding of the past and of remote parts of the world, as well as to illustrate different approaches to artistic creation. This past October, an evening open house at Cantor, which included tours of exhibits, music, dance, and dramatic performances, brought over 1,500 students to Cantor. So what's next for the arts at Stanford? What should we aspire to? The arts have generated much discussion during our long-range planning exercises. And last spring, I announced the formation of the Arts Initiative. It is still very much a work in progress, but several themes have emerged. In January, a new cross-disciplinary institute, the Stanford Institute for Creativity and the Arts, SICA, was established to serve as a hub, as a flagpole, for the new Arts Initiative. Co-directed by Jonathan Berger, Associate Professor of Music, and Brian Wolf, Professor in American Art and Culture. SICA will explore ways of fostering opportunities for our students to build creative thinking skills and to enjoy a wider range of artistic experiences. By bringing together scholars, artists, and other professionals within and outside the university, we intend to create an environment for the arts that has no boundaries, that is open and accessible to all. We know from our research initiatives that close proximity <coughs> encourages creativity and collaboration among the faculty and significantly increases the opportunities for student engagement. Thus, we plan to move the arts and art history department from Cummings to the site of the old anatomy building adjacent to the Cantor Center. As many of you know, our general use permit also included the possibility of building a performing arts center. Finding the necessary funding for new art facilities, which can be quite costly, has proven to be a daunting task. It may take longer than we had initially hoped. But our goal remains the same, to have a first-class performance venue on our campus. If we should aspire to nothing less. 
In addition to facilities, we are planning a number of new arts programs. One of the themes of the arts initiative is creativity and the arts. To encourage innovation, it is vital that students have opportunities to work with a wide range of arts. We plan to expand the arts curriculum, create new faculty positions, especially focused on studio and performance, and add student fellowships. We have already introduced a new film and media studies program in the Department of Art and Art History that Chris Samuelson will talk about shortly. Surprisingly, well perhaps not surprisingly, 23 students have already declared this as their major. And last spring, a new two-year MFA program in documentary, film, and video was approved. We are also working on integrating the arts more fully into the fabric of campus life. For example, a coordinated campus-wide arts calendar is being developed. And faculty involved in the arts are working with the Office of the Vice Provost for Undergraduate Education to coordinate and expand arts opportunities in the residences. This fall, every single incoming freshman, actually I should say every single admitted student as of right now, will receive a new CD describing the arts opportunities at our university. A CD, I should point out, that was created by two of our own students. In addition to outstanding performances, Stanford Lively Arts is working hard to create more opportunities for engagement by our students with artists and performers through master classes and residencies. Last year, in a program entitled Encounter Merce, Stanford offered a series of interdisciplinary events across campus, exploring Merce Cunningham's artistic work. From films to improvisational performance, to conversations with Cunningham, to performances inspired by his work, more than 15 events filled a one-month period and reached virtually every segment of campus, from the medical school, Cantor Arts Center, to White Plaza, to Memorial Auditorium. Recently, the Stanford Institute for Creativity and the Arts launched Creative Risks, a series that brings contemporary artists to campus for collaboration with different areas of the university. In March, Stu, a Los Angeles filmmaker, playwright, and musician, and a troupe of 20, including a choreographer, director, and artistic staff of the New York Public Theater, were on campus for a three-week residency. Co-sponsored by the Drama Department and the School of Humanities and Sciences, the residency culminated in performances of Passing Strange, a musical work in progress. Perhaps most importantly, our students had the opportunity to see the creation of a work, as well as the semi-final product, understanding that artistic process and the necessary thinking skills. A second focus of the arts initiative is arts, sciences, and technologies. This is an area where Stanford, with its outstanding track record and its outstanding program in science and engineering, really has an opportunity something remarkable by bringing together different parts of the university. Design thinking is one approach we're pursuing. Last fall, we launched the Hasso Plattner Design Institute with a $35 million gift from Hasso Plattner. Led by David Kelly, the Institute's founder and professor of mechanical engineering, the Institute for Design <coughs> proceeds from the premise that we gain the greatest productivity and creativity when multiple perspectives and 
disciplines are brought together. David will talk more about the new institute shortly. The third area of focus for the arts initiative is arts in the global society. Diversity of interests, experiences, expertise, backgrounds, and cultures broadens our worldview and stimulates creativity. The arts, as a means of cross-cultural communication and understanding, will become increasingly important in this globalized world. For the past five years, the Stanford Irvine Institute for Diversity in the Arts, an interdisciplinary program in the humanities funded by the James Irvine Foundation, has brought artists to campus for programs that explore how the arts can, draw, can address questions of diversity, race, and identity. All of these plans in the arts will engage us in significant new opportunities. But to strengthen the arts at Stanford, to capitalize on the enormous potential, we must clearly articulate its importance, the importance of the arts in today's world. We must possess not only the resources, but also the creative flexibility to think differently about the arts at Stanford, so that the arts will play the central role in helping our students to develop into culture and useful citizens. The work of building Stanford's excellence depends on a long-term commitment by many members of the university community. We have accomplished much over the past few years, and I am sure that by working together on a vision of what Stanford can be, we can make this an even better university for our students, for our faculty, and for our staff. We should aspire to nothing less. Thank you for your support, and I look forward to our journey ahead. The preceding program was brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U and is copyrighted by the Board of Trustees of the Leland Stanford Junior University. Please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu.